Andreas Alemann is clearly on a journey, as the title of his latest solo release states. The Swedish-born singer-songwriter's second solo album has given him momentum that appears to have captured the ears of a widening audience, extending his musical reach throughout Europe and now to the States. His blend of soul, gospel, funk, blues, and good pop music developed his ability to create a groove that is reminiscent of Ray Charles, Otis Redding, Stevie Wonder, Eric Clapton, and Aretha Franklin. Sink your teeth into his new album project, It's the Journey, and you'll get a taste of a genre that is alive and well, enjoying a surprising resurgence that is holding on to groove music. As a seasoned keyboardist and vocalist, Andreas Alemann brings a comfortable maturity to the table and his thick, soulful baritone voice being the center of his sound, along with smooth horn arrangements. We're glad to welcome a musician who you'll be hearing much more of in the future. My will means nothing when I see you in motion. I fall to pieces, you can't end me. You're smoking Do you realize What you created In me Your effect Is underestimated It seems I've been I'm seeing double like a drunk satisfaction Every time I catch your eye I'm frozen
Inside Music Cast welcomes Andreas Alamon. Hey, Andreas, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, thanks. All the way from Sweden. All the way from yeah. Sweden. And from, <laughs> yeah. and from also from Southern Florida, we have Scott Gross, a correspondent of ours that's uh, joining us uh, in the interview today. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, guys. How is everybody doing? Doing good here. Doing well. Glad you're with us today, Scott. Hey, uh, Andreas, before we get started, or actually, our first question is a, is a pretty basic one, and it's it's something we like to ask a lot of our guests, and, and it's it basically goes way back into your childhood. And, you know, we do, we're always curious about how our guests, when music first grabbed them, when they first got into it, what, what sparked, you know, their music imagination, what, you know, as a child or, or whenever it was, you know, when was mm-hmm. that for you? Uh, actually, for me, as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I heard stories from my parents telling me I, w- I couldn't even walk, but I was standing up, like dancing, holding, grabbing a table, and, and was were happy, you know, hearing songs. And I really enjoyed music. Uh, obviously, I mean, a lot of kids do that, but um, I mean, I did very early, and I reacted to music basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there music around the house? Your parents' musical? Yeah, I mean, they they listened to a lot of music. Uh, and my mother played a little bit of guitar, and uh, my father played a little bit of guitar and accordion, but uh, they're not musicians in that way, but they had a lot of music uh, at home, and we listened to a lot, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can hear that you're an accomplished keyboard player. Obviously, that's a foregone conclusion. Was was your piano, or was piano, your first instrument? And, and, and what age did you start out playing the piano? Uh, actually, I started playing when I was about three years old, and I started with accordion. <laughs> I okay. got a little accordion, okay. and and then uh, right after that, they they bought a piano to the house, and yeah, yeah I started. I had quite small fingers, and uh, <laughs> but I kind of managed to to play any anyway. So it was it was cool. You know, I remember when I I'm a keyboard player too, and uh, I yeah. remember when I started playing. Um, piano. Uh, actually, my fingers were a lot really small too when I started playing. So m- obviously, my mother had also an accordion. I don't know what our mothers have an <laughs> accordion, but my mother had an accordion too. But yeah. she had this one, and uh, and I recall you're going to laugh. I, I I because I couldn't hold the accordion; it was too heavy or anything. Mm-hmm. I I used to have my older brothers or my brother hold the other side you know the kind with your left hand where you move the the, yeah, the, yeah, the ballast yeah, yeah. he would get on the back side and he, I would say pull it you know yeah. <laughs> and I would play the little piano that was on the little yeah, keyboard yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have to do nothing I had uh, my brother to, to, to do uh, the accordion Excellent. thing for me yeah. Excellent. <laughs> it worked out so you didn't take any uh, formal piano lessons or how did you get your chops uh, well I started off uh, with some classical piano, actually. Really? Um, but I, I mean, it was good practice, but I, I thought it was quite boring, to be honest. Uh, right. So I leaned more towards uh, trying to play other styles, uh, like, you know, blues, soul, boogie-woogie, whatever, uh, right. these kind of uh, things. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, I started off with, with classical and uh, uh, went on to some other cooler things. Well, classical must have really gotten um, your technique, and I mean, it had to feed the the technical side of, of playing piano. Yeah, no because, doubt about it. Because most guys that learn by ear, okay, uh, yeah. obviously they they learn chords, so their left sides are octaves, and they do all their chordings or whatever in the right hand. But classical, it's it's different, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. The I mechanics mean, work, work a lot with both hands, and um, so it was mm-hmm. good practice, though. Yeah, yeah. Listening to your music, it's very obvious. You know, to hear the the influences of gospel music. Uh, who are some of your biggest early musical influences? Uh, well, uh, I have to say, I mean, what I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I went home from school, uh, brought the music, and listened to artists like Ray Charles, uh, Aretha Franklin, uh, at the early stage, and then uh, other artists as well. But a lot of kind of black music so to say so who influenced uh, on your on your vocal style did you did you used to sing to the records and that kind of stuff and emulate them i mean well i listen a lot and what i also did of course i mean you you listen and you kind of learn expression and, and, and these things but also what i did i kind of took the songs and took them apart like okay what what's the horns doing okay mm-hmm. they're doing that uh the piano the keyboards uh, the drums how how does it integrate with the bass and how how do they get it to you know 
to get to the groove mm. in these things. And I kind of was was uh, interesting for me to know these things and then kind of yeah. Mm. I'm curious about were, were you in a in a band? I'm assuming you probably were at, at a pretty young age. Is that right? Yeah, actually, my my first band was with my uh, older brother mm-hmm. John and. Uh, I got to hang out with the cool guys, so I, I played piano in their band and I sang uh, some lead vocals, and it was it was fun. I mean, we played some rock music and some blues and stuff, so it's yeah. it's good. Yeah. You said your brother is John. Is that correct? Yeah. What what did he play? Uh, he played bass. Is, is he still playing? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he laughed at him. Did you notice that? <laughs> he just laughed at his I wonder, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, wonder, I wonder what that laugh was about. I know. This. <laughs> Which, what, no. <laughs> Is your oh, brother they, a musician? No. <laughs> no. No. They had a short period, you know, where they played and then they did, did other things so yeah. Yeah. but it was fun you know if if someone something comes to mind uh, andreas is you know when somebody listens to your music uh, they, they they hear your voice and and your voice is, is a deeper voice it's a, almost a baritone it, it's got a lot of body yeah, uh, yeah. My, my my question is wh- when did your voice change <laughs> you know uh, did it change when you know uh, do you remember your voice changing dropping and and affecting your singing at all uh, it was about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, actually, two and a half. No. <laughs> two and a half. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I don't really remember yeah. uh, when that happened. I mean, in my youth sometime, but it didn't really affect me that much. Well, you know, the reason I'm asking, uh, seriously, there's a point to my question is, you know, guys that are, are singing, you know, this genre of music and even pop, Quite often, they, they don't have that deep of a voice. Yeah, they're not baritones. They're most of them are, te- are tenors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. I mean, it doesn't. I, I don't hear it too often. So when I first started getting into your, your music, I said, "Oh, you, you, it's, it's, yeah. there's a bottom to it." And that's the first time I think I heard you know your, your first album, uh, "This Is Life." I, when I heard right. that, I, that's the first thing that surprised me. Is I thought you know the style of music you're playing, you know, which yeah. is that, uh, and it really mm-hmm. it kind of harkens back to. Uh, Kind of an early '80s vibe, you yeah. know, and it and it. Uh, Eddie's right. It's you know you, you normally heard more of a tenor mm-hmm. type of uh, voice that that took that role, but but yeah, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a really fresh approach. You know, obviously it's that's your God's God given gift, but that was a fresh approach to that style of music. You know, the, the last yeah. time that I can pinpoint that voices were really popular with with that had deeper, um, you know body was the early 70s you know blood sweat and tears yeah that's true those guys that you know had had a deeper voice well i was talking about bands a second ago and uh how many other bands did you play with over over the years and if so what kind of stuff were you doing were you doing any originals were you doing mostly covers and other bands uh yeah i mean i i played with tons of bands there was uh some blues bands rock bands uh we covered that kind of music, some covers, not a lot of original music actually at that time. Uh-huh. Uh, just you know, trying different ways and styles. Uh, and at what point in your in your career, your early career, did you start composing original material? Uh, as soon as I got an instrument. <laughs> no, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, but I mean, seriously, uh, I guess more when I was teenager, thirteen, uh-huh. fourteen years old. Yeah. Uh, for real, more you know, you know, I. I did some original stuff in the beginning it was mostly uh, instrumental stuff uh, i had a little uh, keyboard uh, that i recorded into like 16 tracks uh, sequencer and stuff so mm-hmm. was was good good practice you know andreas uh, in in our exchanging some research back and forth uh scott uh, he he dug up some information and it really was um it, it was you know it was basically that that you were been writing for for other people for instance you mm-hmm. compose a song you know you are for an yeah. Italian star, you know, uh, Laura Pausini. Mm-hmm. How often do you write for others, and how did this uh, come uh, come across? In the beginning, uh, I just wrote, basically. I just wrote songs. I didn't really had a thought behind the song. I just, things came out, and I just put it down. Later on, when I met uh, my uh, songwriting partner, Brian Hobbs, we started to, uh, you know, have a, have a goal with the songs, and... Um, yeah, I mean, we wrote a lot of stuff and uh, tried to pitch different artists. So along the way, I've been also writing a lot of music, like pop music and these things. Uh, and with Laura Pausini, he was uh, a Swedish guy uh, who contacted me. And actually, uh, he wanted a lyric for this song. So I wrote the lyric for this song. And we recorded it with piano and vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It was through uh, Warner Chapel Publishing in uh, Sweden. Okay. Uh, so just just uh, piano vocals, and uh, the publisher sent it around to uh, different artists, and uh, it happened to end up on uh, Laura Pausini's desk. And uh, they, at that time, they were looking for songs for this album uh, that would that should be produced in uh, Los Angeles by a guy called uh, Casey Porter. So they had over two thousand songs, and uh, they chose chose this one. Wow! So, wow! Uh, yeah, so it was was more of a coincidence actually, <laughs> but it was it was it was good. Yeah. So in uh, two thousand nine, you released your first CD called "This Is Life." Now this was a strong selection of songs that caught a lot of people's attention. Uh, it's often said that an artist has a lifetime to create songs for their first CD. When did you first start uh, writing songs for this project? Hmm. Yeah. Um... Well, some of the songs were old, actually. I mean, uh, written before even we thought about this project. So, collected a bunch of songs that earlier we tried to pitch <laughs> uh, to different artists. And uh, you know, in Sweden, it's 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 quite difficult to pitch these kind of songs. So we ended up having them. And the thing behind the whole album was that. We talked about it for a long time to do something like this, uh, but never never got to it. And we wanted to create something that we wanted to listen to ourselves. I mean, that was one of the main goals. Like, okay, right. if if I, if we want to hear uh, an album now, you know, what what would it be? What kind of music? What kind of style? What kind of? So that triggered the whole thing, and. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we started recording it. Hmm. Well, there are so many great tracks on This Is Life. I, I mean, I really love the song called Your Version of the Truth, as it mixes an R&B verse with a straight-up Latin vibe on the chorus, which is incredible. Tell us a little about how you came up with this song. Mm, that's actually fun, because uh, usually uh, I tend to write more of the music and the melodies, and uh, Brian more lyrics. But, I mean, sometimes... We do both or, or actually switch. And this was one of those times um, I asked him, I said, you know, do you have any old lyrics laying around? He's like, yeah, you know, I have some stuff. So he <laughs> sent me some lyrics and uh, your version of the truth was one of them. Uh, he said, I have like a melody thing, but I will not reveal it to you. I'll just give it to you and see what you can come up with. Okay. So I took the, the lyric and... It, it's so fun because that song came to me like straight away. I just sat down like do 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 like that, and it was there. I mean, I wrote the song uh, fairly quick, uh, so I got back to him. I said, you know, I had this cool tune. He was like, wow, you know, this is really not what I was <laughs> what I had in mind because he actually wrote it from a from a country music point of view so for him it was kind of a country music lyric <laughs> so uh, but it became uh, this more of a funk latin jazz thing so that was that was quite fun wow that's great yeah let's take a quick break and if you don't mind let's take a listen to this song uh your version of the truth this is from the this is life album from today's guest andreas aleman Thank you. 
Right, keeping with uh, the album This Is Life, you know, you dedicated this album to uh, a good friend of yours, a close collaborator, uh, an American musician living in Sweden named Brian Hobbs. And tell us about your uh, musical relationship and how did you guys uh, initially hook up? Yeah, we met uh, via MCA Publishing. Uh, now it's called Universal here, but um, actually I sent a bunch of uh, demos to a couple of companies, uh, Sony, uh, BMG, uh, MCA at that time. And uh, really, I didn't expect much to happen. Uh, The day after I sent uh, the demos on cassettes, I got two phone messages on my cell phone. One was from Sony, one was from MCA. And I was uh, like, what? <laughs> because usually that doesn't happen. You yeah, know? yeah. It gets gets lost, you know, the the you know in the reception or whatever. Um, some tapes, but uh, so I met with both companies and I kind of just liked the feeling of of MCA. So I met this guy there, uh, publisher, and he. I mean, he said, you know, the, the music is fine, but I, I really like your voice. I mean, wow, it is really, can we do something? I was like, well, you know, I, yeah, whatever. Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, why not? So uh, he put me in contact with uh, Brian, Brian Hobbs, uh, and uh, we met and started writing together. Uh, so, and that was back in 97, yeah. Well, do you both contribute musically and lyrically, or do you do um, each of you lean toward one another? I mean, how, how do you guys uh, collaborate? Uh, like I mentioned, it's different. I mean, sometimes I think I, I like to write both music and lyric together. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it seems that it turns out better. I mean, it, it's just the, the gut reaction I have, but it, it's it's more of a. I mean, you, you're both there. You can contribute to. I mean, I, I might have some lyric ideas or the title, or and by might like, oh, let, let's try this chord here, and it's it's more of a. Ah, I, I like that, but also, I mean, sometimes I just write the, the music and melody, and he puts the lyrics mm-hmm. down to it. So it's it's different. Yeah. Well, another standout track is "This Is Life." with its positive message of change and redemption. Was this an early song in the compilation of music or a later edition? Mm, no, uh, but that was one of the first songs. Uh, after we decided to, to do this project, we, uh, we wrote this song. And that was also the first song we recorded and finished with uh, two other songs. Because... At that time, when we did this, we started, we said, we, we're going to do this. And, and obviously, I mean, it takes time and it costs some money to, to go to the studio, the musicians. So we 
at that time we could just afford to to finish three tracks uh, and this uh, this is life was uh, one of them and uh, so, so and, and also we we uh, named the album this is life so it, it yeah the, the song means a lot to me in 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 many ways uh, but yeah i mean the positive message message and uh, i suggest a f- you know great track i mean nice beat and kind of funky vibe to it so mm-hmm. yeah, i love it andreas eddie if you guys don't mind uh, let's take a break because uh, we want to dive into some of this music from uh, andreas's first album this is life and uh, let's listen to the title track this is this is life on inside music cast talking about uh, your first album but during and after you know you recorded this first album there's got to be some things that you learn you know problems that you faced and things that you uh that, that you garnered along the way that would help you with this new project what were the big things that the first project sort of uh taught you well a lot of things but mainly i mean uh, that it takes time <laughs> mm-hmm. uh to do this and uh, you shouldn't rush it you should be yeah, I mean, you should do it, but you should do it your own your own way and your own pace, so right. to say. And uh, um, w- with the first album, 
I mean, I just just think back um, at that time, and also, I mean, this is the the situation. I mean, I had a full time job. Uh, we were expecting my baby daughter Ida, uh, so I was taking care of a lot of things, working and and uh, other things. And I mean, late nights I was sitting uh, working on the tracks uh at home basically uh recording i mean this is how i work we record it in big studio uh i take it back with me i go through the things and then kind of yeah listen to the tracks and produce it uh, mm-hmm. and this is what i did so many late nights and i i mean i talked to brian about this but i mean i thinking back when i was Sitting there late, late nights, and kind of you know waking up, nodding the the, the computer screen, you know, because I was so tired. <laughs> I mean, this is this is <laughs> the reality for, for for me. So, I mean, taking the time to do it, and not have too tight deadlines, but also push yourself a little bit because um, if you don't have set goals for, I mean, it could be small things, but okay, I mean, I, I need to be done with this at this particular time, and then yeah. you just take another phase and, and so on and so on because i mean both of these albums are pasted together literally i mean it, it's been recorded everywhere in in stockholm in small studios mm-hmm. uh, here and there and uh, um yeah but, but still i think and i hope that i got some kind of sound that still feels a bit a little bit of live so to say but but uh, yeah well, I will say this, you know, you mentioned that you, uh, you, you've taken the project around a, a variety of studios, small studios to yeah. big studios. And something I've noticed in, in both albums that they, they both, you know, both uh, This Is Life and your new one, It's the Journey, they both sound very cohesive. They sound, uh, they, they're very well produced. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, you know, it's difficult to the ear to really tell that you may have cut it or, or you know, produced it or recorded in different places. It sounds really yeah. nice. Ah, that's a, that's a good uh, sign then. Um, I mean, the, the meaning is is to to uh, get it to sound as good as possible, uh, right. but also that you should do it with the the things you have, and, and you should be able to do it, uh, and you shouldn't let things stop you because you don't have the, the facilities or, or um, all the you know things you need or or big studios or musicians i mean you you should actually just i mean this is one of the thing i also learned i mean just go ahead decide and do it you you'll you'll get to it you'll you'll finish it but you have to make up your mind and go the whole way basically we spoke a moment ago about your new project called it's the journey and we hear that there's a a funny story about how you came up with the title yeah, uh, me and Brian used to work uh, in a couple of different studios, and uh, some days uh, were not fun. I mean, you you got uh, just bad days. I mean, we all have those, and uh, we tried to cheer up each other with, uh, "Well, man, it's the journey. Remember, it's the journey." You know, <laughs> so we kind of <laughs> joked about that, and uh, that's that's what we talked about all the time and joked about it, and. The album is called "It's Journey." It's no track called "It's Journey," um, uh-huh. and also, I mean, what happened during this this project? I mean, uh, which is, I mean, good now, but it was quite sad. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it took quite some time to finish this album, and uh, yeah. a couple of different things that happened. But uh, one of them was that Brian got sick. Uh, he got sick in cancer uh, during this album, and I. Uh, literally just put everything aside i mean the whole project i, I couldn't work on it uh, it was just right. i mean uh that was was really tough and i uh, kind of just it took took me a long time to pick it up again so this this is one of the reasons it, it uh, took so long time to finish it uh yeah and that's also I mean, that's another journey i mean i'm i'm i dedicated the the album to brian because uh, I'm, I'm so happy he's still here with me and that's good. C- news. Continuing the journey, and um, yeah, I, that that uh, feels good, but it was was tough. Well, tell me, were there any songs left over from this is the this is life sessions, or that are on the uh, it's the journey, or are uh, they all new compositions? A majority of them are new. Actually, there's one song that I didn't write. Uh, that's written by Brian and uh, Stefan Gunnarsson. Uh, from This Is Life, there were like one song that I 
decided not to to put on the This Is Life album. Uh, it was a ballad, and <laughs> I just I mean you have to you know you have to have to listen step step back and and listen. I I, I just thought it would uh, was not right right song when we finished recording it. I mean, it just did, didn't cut it, so I just had to remove it for my own sake. They, they, I mean, Brian and those other people around me, they said, it sounds fine, but it was just a thing. And I, I would feel bad like listening to my album, and every time that song comes up, it's like, oh, oh it's not a good thing. So <laughs> You didn't want any regrets, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, let's uh, take another quick break, and, and let's dive into a tune from uh, Andreas's new album, It's the Journey. Uh, which is going to be released uh, this coming Wednesday, April 25th. And this is a track called Power. Speaking about your writing, yeah. uh, Andreas, uh, you know, are you um, one of the guys that's always in writing mode? I mean, when you're walking or when you're at work, are you always thinking of lyrics or do you break away and you you have your writing time that you keep sacred for yourself? How do you, how do you compose? Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's different, actually. I mean, sometimes it just comes to you. I mean, you, maybe you're like driving your car or you're 
shopping or whatever and then you get this idea and so i mean i carry all, always carry with me my iphone and i you know have a little you know program that can just record uh, the mm-hmm. melody or, or whatever and then some some small things so i mean when that happens i i do that i mean a little bit odd i standing there like uh by the vegetables singing but you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't right. care um so that that happens but also i i sit down and write uh take the time to it and uh, uh so i mean i do both ways i don't have in specific ways i mean song yeah i right. mean sometimes it just comes to you i mean the songs just pop up basically you know this this new project it's the journey you know it really does show off uh an exciting level of sophisticated arrangements you know as as well as exceptional production and you know obviously the performances mm-hmm. and the songwriting you know when it comes to the recording process can you tell us a little bit about how you approach this well uh, like i mentioned before we recorded in in different places but for the for both of my albums i started with uh uh, drums and bass basically i mean i've uh, had done some midi tracks i mean some uh keyboard stuff uh, uh-huh. uh, a click some uh, vocals and stuff like that just uh, for the musicians to navigate but uh, i want wanted to record drums and bass at the same time so this is how we started uh uh-huh. drums and bass and basically after that i took away everything and started from scratch rebuilding the song putting my keyboards on going to the guitarist and then just keep on adding things uh yeah and usually at the end i put down the lead vocals yeah right do you own you have your uh, your own home studio right yeah yeah i mean it's it's a little home setup i mean it's not a sure. real studio but i have like a macbook a pro sound card i work in logic uh, I, I record i mean recorded all the lead vocals sure. for my yeah. for a new album at home so yeah mm-hmm. so when other guys uh, record parts for instance uh, on this you said they were recorded on, on multiple locations yeah. so basically they just uh, send their parts or whatever they uh, and and this this thing grows on its own doesn't it yeah I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. usually, you know, I mean, I try to pick you know, good musicians and I mm-hmm. try to explain to them what I want. Uh, in some cases, I were with them in the studio while recording. In some cases, I kind of gave them direction and what I wanted and, and really talked to them. And in my, you know, in my world, I just, I mean, if, if I don't play guitar, so if I, I tell a guitarist like, oh, I want it this way and he'll he'll do it like 10 times better than I can even imagine. So I also wanted to give them some freedom, uh, but also give them some direction. So they'll yeah. add their thing to it, basically. Right. Well, you know, and, and I have another technical question about, you know, recording. Um, I, I'm an engineer, and I, I don't record music. I'm a post-engineer. But I was thinking about um, your, you know, bouncing around from studio to studio mm-hmm. and were you basically recording on Pro Tools platforms or, or, a, or a consistent platform from studio to studio? Uh, that also was different. Uh, yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, I mean, used a lot of, I mean, I use myself Logic Pro. Uh, we also recorded some of the things, Pro Tools, uh, mm-hmm. different programs. I mean, in the end, I think as long as you keep track on, uh, the files when the, where they start yeah, right. the the BPM tempo uh, you're fine. I mean you can basically record it uh, in any kind of sure. files. So this is how it was done. Right, right. But but in the end, where it was finally mixed, you may have tracked in multiple places. But did you mix it all in one place? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That's what I was curious yeah. about. Yeah. Hey, Andreas. Uh, let's yeah. talk keyboards a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, does your gear change much from the stage performance to the studio? You know, do you use modules or do you like keyboards such as a Motif, etc.? Uh, I have uh, actually I use a lot of Logic's internal sounds uh, mm-hmm. for the album, mm-hmm. but then live I use uh, this uh, Yamaha um, stage piano. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't. I'm not using a lot of gear in that sense. I, I, I mean, I have my little setup, but that that's basically it. 
Yeah, well, that's amazing because you know just just the products that are out there on on uh, you know from digital samples, yeah. it has become so sophisticated. Yeah. It w- it wasn't like it was back in the no. in the in Sonic Mirage or the no, no, you know no. the early samplers. No. It, it's it's amazing yeah. the the choices that you have and even the musicians that play them. Right? Yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean. Yeah. Like I said before, I mean you have to do something with the things you have. I mean, I don't own a Hammond. B3. Mm-hmm. I don't own mm-hmm. these things. I, I but th- that doesn't prevent me from from doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean, you have to kind of find ways to to do it anyway, and and try to do it well. And in in the end, to be honest, I mean, a lot of people they don't even know, they they don't even hear that. Okay, it's not a real, whatever it is. I mean, it's 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 about how they, you know, listen to the music and and. Of course, I mean, some people, they dive into, like, samples or, or sounds. Yeah, at least. But right. I try to look at it in the bigger picture. I mean, uh, f- for me to do that, I had to do do that. And also, I mean, that's a cost thing. I mean, sure. to, to go to the studio, record with a big grand, and then you have musicians and all kinds of stuff. I mean, f- for me, that wasn't, I mean, I couldn't have done it. So, Yeah, it was a great option. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Andreas, um, your album, It's the Journey, which actually it comes out this week, I think on Wednesday, right? Yes, that's correct. Well, I, one thing that really struck me were the horns. The horns, the horn arrangements were, were really magnificent, and, you know, they're really up front. They give the project such a great feel. Did you write and arrange those parts, or was that a collaborative effort? Did you bring somebody in to help with those parts? No, I wrote them myself and arranged mm, it. Wow, very uh, nice. Just basically the same thing there. I mean, I, I'm not uh, like a kind of... A, haven't really studied how to arrange in these things. I just, I mean, kind of, I hear what I would like to to have, and I basically, you know, use the sounds on the keyboards, and I have some different programs uh, that transpose to the right keys and these things, and I just hand it to the musicians, so it's quite convenient. Uh, but uh, and and regarding horn horn arrangements, uh, there are different ways to approach it. I mean. Uh, I like unison stuff. I like when it doesn't take over. Uh, it should be there, but uh, not. I mean, it should be a part of the band and not like in front of the band or like hide everything else. I mean, it should be very. I mean, this this is my approach to it. I mean, I know there's different ways to to arrange and, and have sure. horns, but I, I like it. I always think that horns are. I mean, obvious for me. I think it's they're the hardest thing to record mm-hmm. and the most difficult thing to arrange. Uh, I really do. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rick had a good point that the the horns sound really great. And uh, I have a question regarding that. I noticed that you only had uh, three horn players on, on this uh, new album. Yeah. And they're uh, uh, Stefan Frinden who did uh, trombone, yeah. Wojciech Gorl who uh, played sax, yeah. and Patrick Skog on on trumpet. Yeah. Did you double the tracks at all, or did you did you just keep them pretty? clean and uh and straight in the mix no i mean we double it i mean we had to to do that just mm-hmm. to get a like a fat sound uh basically so this is how it was done the musicians you've assembled uh have brought some incredible performances to this record i mean mm-hmm. you know the track uh, if it's a dream sounds like it could be on an earth wind and fire album i mean <laughs> yeah. the horn the horn wow. break into the shuffle groove is so seamless uh the guitar solo is also incredible is that uh is that Mikhail Berg Anderson on that? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, he's an incredible musician, and um, I'm just thankful to to have him and all the other people uh, on this uh, album. It's it's really uh, yeah. I'm just thankful. Andreas Eddy, uh, I want to stop for a second, and I want to take a listen to uh, another of Andreas's tunes from his new album. It's the journey, and this one is called "If It's a Dream." Turning around 
seems to be a very rich, you know, pool of talented players to choose from that you that you have. I mean, one thing Eddie and I have noticed, and I don't mean to keep comparing it to Ula, but Ula is someone that we've recorded from, mm. you know, you're close to your area, yeah. and obviously he's very talented, and he's got a great, you know, uh, band as well. And if, you know, I just want to know, um, give us an idea about the music scene in the Stockholm area mm. uh, where you're from and, and what it's like. We, obviously, we're not from there. I've not been to Stockholm, and I'm real curious to know What's in the water over there? Because everybody seems to be really talented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, there's a, a lot of good musicians here. Uh, yeah. Really. I mean, it, it, it's, it's top class, I would say. I mean, and, and you, if you travel, if you do things, you kind of notice that, that wow, wow, it's, it's cool. Because Sweden is a small uh, country and... Um, but it seems uh, seems like uh, we have a quite high level of, of our musicians, which is really cool. And also in Stockholm, basically, I mean, Stockholm, Malmö, or Gothenburg, it's, it's the places where it's a lot of music activities. So people kind of, um, you know, that's where they go to, to meet and play with others. I mean, there's a bunch of good people uh, in, in those areas. You know, um, you've, you've produced both of your CDs, and uh, it's probably by choice and by opportunity and by the the money and whatever, but you, you were in control of, of both of the CDs. And I just want to – I really want to compliment you, Andreas, and as to 
you know, turning out this kind of quality of a product, you know, right. when this is, you know, when, uh, you know, it's much more difficult sometimes for other people and or easier for other people. And you were able to get this done at a very nice quality. Yeah. So congr- congratulations to you. Thanks. You did a real good job on this. Thanks. Yeah. And I really, I really, we really do, um, you know, as we talk to, to uh, Andreas, we want to encourage our listeners to, to you know, to listen to the music, you know, pick it up and support this music because uh, this is where the good stuff's coming from. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah. You know, Scott and Mikhail uh, Engstrom, who's also uh, one of our Inside Music Cast correspondents, who, by the way, I wanted to thank Mikhail because Very Mikhail was so, yeah. uh, real instrumental in getting us connected to you. And uh, he also helped us with a lot of uh, the information uh, for this interview today. Mm-hmm. But they mentioned to me that they're playing your song, Power, on the radio in France. And tell us, tell me about how you got connected and how they know that track over there. Yeah, well, that's 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 great news. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that that music is... is uh, spreading like that so i'm just very thankful and humble uh actually it was this guy um it's a dj called george lang uh who actually received my first cd uh, this is life from uh arnaud uh, leger and uh for some oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So for some you reason know yeah 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 exactly and and for some reason he liked this is life and he played it for 36 weeks yeah Wow, uh, on his uh, radio show, and our, uh, it was was really cool. And uh, we also thanked him on the the new album and sent him a copy. And basically, he just started to playing the the song Power. Uh, cool. So I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just thankful. Hey, one quick note, I, in in just a follow up to that, you know, and having 36 weeks of exposure on that guy's show yeah. in France. Did you sell albums based on that? I mean, were people contacting you? Uh, yeah, they did. That's uh, great. Yeah, it was fun. And also this time when, you know, uh, when they played the, the song Power, people contacted me on Facebook, mail, and, like, wanted to know where you could buy the album. Yeah. And, and I always, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy when people contact me because uh, that shows that, you know, I reach out and, and people like what I'm doing. This is the, the response I need kind of right. to, to go, you know, Go further, and and I'm I'm very, you know, humble when people take time to, to do this, and I always try to answer and be polite, and, and just really explain, you know, how I recorded it, and, and these things. Not so. I mean, it's it's um, I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm happy when that happens, and uh, actually, for the uh, first uh, album, this is life, and also, uh, it's the journey. There's been a lot of uh, people contacted me and um yeah it's it's really really cool well there seems to be you know a lot of really good things happening when it comes to this genre of music in scandinavia especially in sweden and norway mm-hmm. i mean we have you ule brood uh johannes zedeberg uh great bands like work of art state cows sonic station norwegian fords and of course dirty loops mm-hmm. um uh, what are your thoughts about being part of this movement of skilled musicians coming out of this area of the world to be honest, I don't have a good answer because it's just something that you know happened. I mean, it seems to be a lot of people uh, you know loving this kind of music, and I, maybe it's an effect of. I mean, I I like all kinds of music, but it's been a lot of pop stuff and a lot of yeah. different things, and, and there are a lot of mu- uh, musicians and people who like that kind of music here in, in Scandinavia because I mean there's also I mean guys from from the states here playing I mean I've seen Michael Ruff a lot of times Bill Champlin these guys I mean Tower Power come here and then there's got to be a reason behind that because otherwise they wouldn't take uh, You're right. artists yeah. like that over here and uh, for some reason it inspires uh, people here to kind of create because I mean we have the past and all the musicians and 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 uh, like Jay Graydon on these guys and and Airplay and and Mike McDonald and and uh, these projects. But this is new music, but still it, it has this vibe, this kind of different West Coast vibe and and different genres. And I, I think it's really cool. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's it also it's it's nice that uh, people uh, you know know about it and then kind of little um, thing going on here in, in Scandinavia and Stockholm and Norway. 
You know, I've got I've got one question that's sort of uh, on the side question. Um, you know, when I uh, took your new, your new album mm-hmm. home, uh, my wife listened to it also, yeah, and she really really liked it. And uh, I was surprised just a couple seconds ago. Uh, you probably don't know this, but we take sometimes questions from our listeners even as as we're conducting our, our interview. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and she just sent over a text message right now, and she <laughs> wants she asked the question. Okay, all right, shoot. <laughs> I've never had my wife ask a question. She says, "This is my wife." Okay, <laughs> she says. Ask him what he listens to when he relaxes. I think that's a fair question. You know, when you're when you're not recording or whatever, you're. Fa- what do you like to listen to? What do you what do you relax with? Oh, it's, it's a lot of different things. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it also has to do with the the mood. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, I I love. I mean, it could be jazz music. It could be. I mean, sometimes even classic stuff uh, yeah. could be soul music. Uh, I, it has a lot to do with my mood, really. Yeah, right. uh, because if I'm happy, I listen to more maybe up-tempo stuff. If I'm sad, it's like, you know, sad ballads and things like that. And uh, diff- different, yeah. different music. Yeah, you know, we've seen some YouTube videos recently from the West Coast Tribute Show held at the Fashion Club in Sweden a few weeks ago. You performed there with... Uh, Ulle Brood for the first time and, and I got to tell you the chemistry was fantastic mm-hmm. uh, you know tell us a little bit about that event and how the two of you came together yeah I mean uh, we both were guest artists at this uh, tribute uh, that they put up uh, at Fashing and um, I mean I've been in contact with Ulle before but we never met and we never played uh, together before that uh, occasion so it was really really fun uh, I, I asked him, said, you know, let, let's do something together. So we uh, sang this uh, song together. It was it was really, really cool experience. I mean, he's extremely, extremely talented guy. I mean, it's like, wow, really, really, really good. So, I mean, it was a bunch of different uh, West Coast songs just put together in one show. And uh, people seem to like it. I mean, it's been sold out. Uh, I mean, it was uh, a previous concert. It was also sold out. So people love it. Hey, Andreas, uh, yep. we understand that you've been working on lining up some appearances here in the States to promote It's the Journey. Mm-hmm. And um, can you give us, you know, at this time, any information about when and where those shows might happen? Yeah, actually, I've been invited to uh, to Las Vegas, to Jerry Lopez and uh, Santa Fe and the Fat uh, City Horns. Uh, Very nice. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Uh, September 17th, actually. Oh. And, and also, we're looking at, uh, it's nothing done yet but we're looking at some places in los angeles as well so i'll be gone for like over two weeks in the states trying to promote myself and and this so it'll be fun actually i'll be looking forward to it a lot Mm. that's fantastic i I think we all should try to get out to vegas i know scott i think you're planning on going right yeah definitely eddie uh, I'm very, very interested. Eddie and I are in, looking at each me. other. <laughs> in, include, include me in. I'm, I haven't been out there yet, and, I'm, and I would love to, to get out there and, and hear this one. I just got my dose of Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns uh, healing back in October, and yeah. I'm ready for more. You know? yeah. And I want to <laughs> see you too, Andreas. I think that would yeah. be a fantastic show. <laughs> That'd be great. Thanks. Hey, I know, that the, uh, I know your album's about to come out here very soon. And, yeah. you know, obviously we're kind of early in the year, and I know you've got a couple of – you've got those September possibilities here in the States, but yeah. what else is going to keep you busy musically for the remainder of the year? Is, it, is this what you're just – the focus right now is the album and getting it out, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. since I don't have like a big marketing department <laughs> behind me, I've got inside <laughs> music cast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's building up, adding up. So I mean, that's that's good. So uh, <laughs> thanks for that that help. But but uh, me and Brian and also some people here will try to. I mean, it's, it's different stages. I mean, now the album is done, but the work doesn't. I mean, stop. Right now, it begins another phase. Sure, trying to promote it, trying to get gigs uh, with this, and I'm not just looking on trying to get gigs in in sweden i mean trying to see other kinds i mean in germany there's this this music is quite big and also uh, what i've understood uh, understood in in spain france and yeah. different countries so i um, will yeah. we'll try to do that very good well andreas this has been fantastic it's been really nice to finally catch up with you and we've been wanting to do this for a long time and again special thanks to uh, inside music cast correspondent who's here with us today scott gross and also uh, mikhail ingstrom who's your neighbor there in sweden yes yeah, I mean, thanks. Uh, I've 
to just let you know, I'm, I'm truly honored to be part of this uh, show. I mean, I'm looking back, back at your uh, previous artists that you had on, on uh, earlier shows. And uh, I mean, I look up to many of them. I mean, there have been a lot of my music uh, heroes there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really honored to be part of this. Last question. Where can people go to find your music? Yeah, I mean, they can go to iTunes, obviously, mm -hmm. for a digital download, and then also cdbaby.com, okay. where they can get uh, both my albums, This Is Life and It's The Journey. Well, Eddie and I and Scott, we all highly recommend it. We've heard it, and we've been uh, we've actually been living it since uh, we've gotten these promotional copies the past couple of weeks, and it's really yes. wonderful work. Thanks, thanks, yes. Andreas. Thanks. All right, you take care, and let's stay in touch, okay? Okay, thank you very much. We'll see thank you. Bye -bye. you. Special thanks to Andreas Aleman for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Max Zape, Mikhail Ingstrom, Uwe Reif, and Scott Sheriff for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. <laughs>